Inshallah, I hope you're having a wonderful day. Just want to share some quick, exciting news. I have a new ebook out. It's called Marriage Advice for Single Muslimers. If you have been thinking about marriage and you have questions that you need answering, such as, once I get married, will I lose my freedom? What are the red flags I should look out for? What's a halal way of finding a prospective spouse? How can I get to know someone without dating? How do I know if he is the one? If they are the type of questions that you have, or maybe you have a friend or a sister who is thinking of marriage, but she needs some answers, then the book, Marriage Advice for Single Muslimers, is the book for you. You can purchase it at smartmuslimer.com. In total, I have answered 28 questions, and these are mainly, they're the most common questions that I have been receiving from sisters when I have done the Muslim Marriage Masterclass, and then when I, I am, they fill in the survey that's on my website. So take a look, it's uh, smartmuslimer.com. I have got the link in the podcast notes as well, and I'd love to get your feedback on it on the book as well. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to podcast. My name is Farhat Amin. I'm your host. Inshallah, I hope you're doing well. If you would like to stay updated on um, new episodes for the podcast, then please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to me. Um, you can also sign up to the newsletter on smartmuslimer.com. Um, I send out regular emails with you know updates about what's going on and, and free stuff. So that's if you're interested, inshallah. But let's um, get on with the topic today. So it's, um, I don't know if you've heard, but in Switzerland, they have banned um, the wearing of the burqa and niqab in public places. And they're following in the footsteps of France, Belgium and Austria. And the reason why, I'll give you a bit of the facts behind what happened. Um, so they had a referendum, so it's the people voting. So the Swiss voters, they um, they had a referendum because they have a form of direct democracy where, you know, laws can be passed by the will of, directly by the will of the people. So just over 51% of Swiss voters, um, they, they were in favour of this initiative to ban people from covering their faces completely on the streets, in shops and restaurants. And so... Um, but what they have said is full face veils will still be allowed to be worn inside places of prayer and for native customs, such as carnival. That sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? Native customs. Um, now, so that's what happened this week. Now, straight away, you must be thinking, because this is what I thought, that um, we're in a pandemic and everyone's being told to cover their face for health and safety reasons. So um, straight away, there's um, it doesn't make sense, does it? That, okay, you can wear face covers for health, but you can't wear a face veil. Um, so that's the first point to just... These, these are things to I really want you to critically think about. This is what um, we're doing today. Okay, now the other th thing here is it wasn't... Now the Swiss parliament, 
they were actually, um, they said they were against this. They said it's a fringe phenomenon and instead they proposed an initiative that would force, force people to lift their face facial coverings when asked to confirm their identity. So they said that that's what we should do. But the people, the majority, and it's a slim majority, just imagine if two percentages down and it wouldn't have, um, it would have been a different story. Um, then again, maybe, I don't know what the percentage is for it to pass. I, I just assumed that. Okay, but you can see it was, um, but it was the people who thought this. And I think um, we do need to think as, uh, as intelligent people, we know where do people get, so in a country, so in Switzerland, where were those people getting their ideas from? Yeah, they didn't, um, they held, hold a certain view about face veils and that they need to be banned. So where did they get that from? Um, and now, um, what's interesting is that you, the um, Alliance of Hoteliers and Tourism Professionals, they actually said they were against it because they said, look, this burqa ban, it's going to damage our reputation and we are going to come across as an intolerant tourism destination. It's when you ban things, you are intolerant and we are not intolerant. We are um, a tolerant liberal nation. That is what Switzerland calls itself. So, okay, so you had that now. Um, so so the question is, why did... That, thus, we have to think about why did 51% of the people who voted choose think that, yeah, we need to ban this? What made them get to that point? So now, number one, supporters of the ban argue that it also intended to stop violent street protesters and football hooligans wearing masks and that the referendum text does not explicitly mention Islam or the words niqab or burqa. Okay, so this is that's what they're saying. That No, it's not just, we're not just saying this to Muslims. It's anyone who's, do, you know, um, I don't know how often they have violent protests in Switzerland. That would be something to find out. So, um, but so this is the thing. So this is, now it's very interesting, the language that was used. So now let's just look at... Um, Switzerland as a state now um, it it says it's a democratic nation it believes in liberal values of you know t um, that you should you know people have freedom of speech so you uh, you know you have the freedom to of religion you have freedom of um, expression you know and so that expression can come in your clothes yeah that's a form of expression and they are very strong on women's rights as well. These are all the things that they say. And if we look at this, these are things that they then, as Switzerland and other um, European nations who have banned um, the niqab, they then say these ideas are good. These are, um, and these are what Muslim countries should adopt. Yeah, that not that what they say to, they want to... Um, give those ideas to our countries and to people and to the Muslims living in those countries, they said, these are the ideas you should adopt. And in particular, so I want to focus on the idea of liberal toleration. And it's interesting, the banning of the face veil in Switzerland actually reveals a gaping wound at the heart of this liberal society and all liberal societies really that are one by one banning the niqab. 
and then it's and that it's inherently it's got racial intolerance um because it's a, uh, muslims are different are of different races basically and they have there's a, there's like this cultural supremacy that exists and that they want us to adopt if you're living in their countries they want us to feel their dress so this is an example their dress code is the best dress code that's the dress code we should adopt and our dress code um here it's a niqab is not the best dress code there's something wrong with it now you might be thinking well um niqab isn't fard you know it's you can it's you can wear it if you want you don't have to and it's the hijab that's okay that's fard obligatory but the point is this is actually that's really missing the point um the niqab is a symbol of islam only muslims wear niqabs yeah and when by banning that it's still what message does it send to all muslims of all you know gradients of um, religiosity it's telling them that you know your symbol of islam is not welcome here and we're going to ban it yeah and the re- and and we'll look at the reasons why they give like um but okay so let's just look back at liberal the idea of liberal toleration where did it come from now it developed in the throes of european religious conflict in the 17th century so if you, um now john locke who he's seen as the father of liberalism he initially sought to devise a philosophy to remove conflict from the society that came from competing versions of the good life and if you look at the history the wars that happened religious wars that happened um during the 17th century you'll see that um so people were christians were killing each other in the thousands because they disagreed on what is the version of the good life you know a good way to live and so he came up with this idea and it was adopted but slowly slowly it was adopted that okay what we need is that we need to have a neutral state so the government the um needs to be neutral and they would act as a mediator yeah they rise above the fray and they don't take sides in theory at least citizens would be free to pursue their own version of what made them happy and this approach was reaffirmed by john stuart mill you you may want to google him whose harm principle set out criterion for um individuality to flourish so in essence what these thinkers um lay down the foundations of the idea that the state could not intervene in the personal realm realm or indeed the public realm unless real harm resulted from an activity both locke mill and others built the contours of a society that would preserve and widen a free and liberal pol- polity in this political environment all people would f- flourish so it, in essence it's the idea that um you can um have your religion and again they they're secular here so you have your religion and you have your values and your ideas um and um the way you interact in society is don't allow that to get in the way of the way um you know the um living each other's lives don't um try to you know i don't try to put my ideas onto another person i keep them to myself but no one can then interfere in my, how my religious practices and the my version of the good life how I, what makes me happy so that's what liberal societies at the moment that's what they say don't they that um you have these freedoms so you know and you can do what you want just don't harm as long as you're not harming as long as it's consensual um 
Now, this is what's interesting is that you have, um, so there's lots of um, lip service given to equality amongst people. So gen- equality amongst genders, equality amongst religions, and that everyone has these rights. Um, but again, look, this Switzerland example shows that's not true in theory, especially when it comes to Muslims, that they do, that um, they don't like our culture. They don't agree with our culture. They don't, they think their values and again, their dress code, the, you know, their views on parenting, their views on gender relationships, they are better than ours. And so, and this switz this ban, it highlights that, that, um, and, and now someone could say, well, it was the people who decided it, not the government. But let me just um, read out to you that on a video on the Swiss government's website explaining the arguments in favour of a ban proposed that, this is the begin quote, religious veils like the burqa or the niqab are a symbol of oppression of women and aren't suitable to our society, end of quote. So that's and something on the Swiss government's website. Now, how is that being um, a fair and unbiased mediator, as liberals say they are, that that's what the government should be like? And that how is that allowing individual Muslim women to flourish? Yeah, so it, um, we see here uh, on paper, one thing is there, but in reality, it's completely different. If you look at the posters, now, now again, now here's a... Who um, there was a another sorry the main organisation that was um, pushing the ban on the burqa. It was um, it was an um, the, it, there was a reference. It was it's not I can't pronounce the name. I'm going to butcher it. Edgar King and Committee, an association that also successfully pushed for a vote to ban the building of new minarets in 2009 and which has links to the populist right-wing Swiss People's Party. Their campaign ads um, showed a woman wearing a garb and sunglasses alongside the slogan Stop Extremism, Yes to the Veil, veil Ban. So you, can you see that in this idea that um, in liberal societies, extremist, extreme racist and... Um, views are allowed to be said with the excuse of its freedom of expression um and the so these posters are you know if you google the post it's um so um what's the word it's dehumanizing to muslim women and um it's a pure like it's like um nazi propaganda frankly what they did to the jews um that when you've got that being plastered around the towns and cities of course, that's going to affect the people, the way they're thinking. They're thinking, yeah, that these Muslims who wear a niqab, they are extremist. And as we know, if you know on your social media feed, if you like a particular YouTube video with that kind of racist right-wing content, or you you know, you know like a person on Instagram, the feed will give you more of that. So then your vision and your you're just hearing one voice, um, like an echo chamber, you're just hearing one point of view and it, your that view, unless you make a um, an effort to actually listen to the other point of view, and how many would? How many are going to go on to, you know, a Swiss Muslim Association website, you know, or um, go onto their feed? Um, 
that that's not really that doesn't happen people just want to hear with what they agree with so this intolerance so what i really want to highlight here is that liberalism it's is intolerant of other views it's um you know um there's an interesting um thinker called Bhikkhu Parikh who um he talks about this he he says there's a narcissism in liberal thinkers and and in their practice and that if you do not conform to the dominant consensus you do not deserve equal recognition now isn't that true that's exactly what's happening because we don't our way of life our views doesn't agree with the dominant consensus therefore you don't get equal recognition your clothing doesn't need to be your your clothing should be banned just like the burkini in france um this consensus is both intellectual and cultural those who refuse to embrace the values of liberal universalism and who do not represent the cultural attitudes of the dominant group have all too often been marginalized by liberals pushed to the fringe and pushed to the fringes of society both theory and practice as well as informed reading of history attest to this chauvinism that has all too often been associated with liberal ideology so i go back to the idea of this cultural su- supremacy that exists they they think feel they are um culturally more superior than us and therefore it's okay to ban our cultural clothing now what's interesting is um i i searched for quite a long time looking for okay so uh wh- where are the liberal feminists why are they not speaking up against this because isn't you could say this is an attack on women's clothing um a policing how women dress and i haven't found anything you know um emma watson you know um malala yousafzai who talks about women's rights like the list goes jemaine greer i'm sure you can think of others I haven't I looked on Twitter I searched online silence and so again it's very interesting um that someone could say well they're really busy they've got lots on their plate that they're talking about already but it's interesting that when it comes to um you know people are very quick feminists in in particular are very quick to criticize Islam that Islam is intolerant Islam is um forcing um um women to wear certain clothes and it's oppressive but isn't isn't what's happening in Switzerland isn't this oppressive based on their values isn't it um the policing of women's clothing isn't you know the banning of um um you know choices being taken away from women but absolute silence from white liberal feminists and you have to, so then we need to think when they then feel so they're deciding when they'll talk about um what's good or bad for muslim women um why do we even listen to them yeah why do, and i would then also there was one muslim feminist organization that um did um speak about this again i am going to um completely butcher their name because it's in french les folards violets um they said this clear is clearly an attack against the muslim community in switzerland What is aimed here is to stigmatize and marginalize Muslims even more said Ines Al Sheikh um she's a member of that um collective and I agree with her completely um so it is it's exactly that that's what they're trying to do but then the solution isn't what I would say here now is that my solution then wouldn't be that 
And as Muslims, we don't think, well, okay, we then need to become feminists to fight this because feminism is a liberal ideology. If you, you know, I've done, please listen to previous podcasts. So, um, that it, you know, it's, it, it, it's a, it, like I said, it's a liberal, this intolerance is liberal intolerance and feminism and, um, is, an intol- is intolerant to Islamic views as well about gender, about clothing, about um, marriage and relationships. So, so yes, I would really, this whole thing is, um, and it's interesting, again, it was International Women's Day. Again, the hypocrisy is not lost on any of us because it's supposed to be um, challenging. That's, I've forgotten the hashtag um, about the idea of challenging things. But no, who, the silence from women's rights organisations has just been deafening. Yeah. And that should teach us a lesson that do not go to those people to expend them expect them to defend rights because they'll only do it when it suits their agenda there's just i'm just going to end on one person who um it was very interesting what i did find on twitter there's someone called farah s l essa you can google her um she's kuwaiti and in her um bio it says public servant liberty justice equality and dignity for all but this is what she wrote on Twitter, an outdated custom mistakenly thought of as a religious edict that needs to be weeded out. However, the education route is preferred over bans. If this crisis has taught us anything, it is that humans cannot interact normally with their faces covered. So she's speaking about, so she thinks the niqab should be weeded out. Again, what kind of language is that that's being used? It's weeded out. And then... The next statement is ridiculous. Humans cannot interact normally with their face covered, but isn't that what every single person is doing now to going to work with a face covering on? We're traveling, teachers are wearing it, students are wearing it. Again, you just think, the hypocrisy is saying, I believe in liberty, justice, equality, and dignity for all, but that's not true. You don't want, where's the dignity for Muslim women? Okay, so that's a lot, to, you know, just, food for thought really that's what was the purpose of this podcast today because um we all know we blatantly see the hypocrisy here but i wanted to just raise the issue of intolerant liberals are intolerant and how dare they call (coughs) muslims and islam intolerant um and we shouldn't listen believe that narrative because it's just not true and this switzerland banning um the niqab has just blatantly um illustrated that Assalamu alaikum. This episode is brought to you by farhatamin.com, a website that specializes in Islamic stickers, Muslim activity books, as well as Ramadan and e-decorations. Wholesale and reseller inquiries are also welcome. So visit farhatamin.com today.